before we speak about the words of the gospel, which is very close to us. You know, this is one of the gospels. We don't have to really memorize the gospel because we already have it in our hearts. But before we talk about the gospel, I want to touch basis a little bit today on the first reading from St. Paul. And as you have, and all of us who have been following daily the daily readings, we know that this letter, the second letter of St. Paul to Corinthians, is a very personal letter. He really shares his heart continuously. He opens his heart in different ways. He's not only teaching and giving instruction, but he also looks upon himself as the one who brings this truth, brings this gospel, and he realizes also his own limitations, or perhaps sometimes he wants to share those limitations with his Christian community. And so what does St. Paul speak today to the Christians in community? He expresses his concern about them, he expresses his concern. First of all, he says, you know, all of you, and we know that Corinth was a major port city, a lot of influences, a lot of people there, a lot of philosophical movements, schools, everything is there. It's just like uh, everything that, you know, may perhaps the closest to our society today. You know, you go where you go, you go to California, you see the advertising of all kinds of things, self-help systems, whatever it may be. And so St. Paul says to us today and to the Christian communities, I'm concerned about you. And why am I concerned? Why am I concerned? And I'm in fact jealous with the jealousy of God. Why? Because your faith seems to be very unstable. You receive the truth and yet you're affected and influenced by others. And so he says, I am, I am so concerned because I, I'm like the one who has betrothed you to a husband. You, you, and, and I watch you and I see that you're not exactly firm in your belief, you're not exactly firm in your faith, that you're still wavering. And so he gives um, this example, he says, just as Eve, even though the Father has created them, even gave them paradise, and that she was affected, influenced by the evil one, began to introduce a distrust in God's plan, God's, God's gifts for, for the, our first parents. He says, in the same way, I see the same thing happening to you. Because the evil one wants to undermine your faith, wants to take away that purity, that beautiful gift that he gave you, and he wants to take it down couple notches down and perhaps even hurt and wound you. And so St. Paul is very realistic. He knows that in human life is not only grace that is operative, but also the, 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 the temptations, the trials. The one who, the adversary, the liar, who's always part of our human existence, the whispers, you know, our disorders, the disorders of others, they have an effect on us. And so this beautiful gift seems to be always contested. And so, so St. Paul says to, to the Christian community, just because you have these super apostles coming, these educated, so-called educated people from Alexandria who are easily persuading you, but, but are they really teaching and preaching the truth? Are they teaching and preaching the true Jesus whom I have introduced to you? 
I may not have the ability to, to be a great speaker. I may not be able to speak in a way that they do. And they may give you all kinds of quotes of everything. And you seem to say, you seem to gravitate right away to them. Well, they're educated. They're from these great schools. The great school of learning, Alexandria is this great uh, you know, hotspot of, of philosophical thinking. And they are well-educated. They have, they received their degrees in speech making, rhetoric. And so all of a sudden, yep, your ears go up there and you want to hear. And so St. Paul says, yes, I am not educated. I'm not that educated. And yet I am giving you the truth, the revelation, the true Jesus. Don't abandon him just because somebody speaks more beautifully than I do. And then he says further, remember, they're charging you. You know, a great speaker wants to have a, a nice collection at the end and perhaps maybe a, an entry fee. And he says, I have not done this. I have not done this. As a matter of fact, I didn't even ask you to support me in being here. As well as, as well to do you are, I have received assistance from others, those who are poorer, other places. They gave me the assistance so that I won't be able to, to charge you because I didn't want to say that I have come here just to make money. I have come here with pure intention. And, and you know, at, and at times when I'm able to, I am working with my own hands. I do, I was a tent maker, as you know. So he would pick up the job wherever he would go because there's always a need for tents, especially at that time. And even today too. So, so he would work. And so he says, am I foolish in doing this? No, because I love you. I care for you. I don't want to give you a, even a, a, a type of a, of a you know, a impression that I want to charge something. No, I want to give you for free. And so we see how St. Paul tells us not only what the gospel is all about, but he shows us his own heart. He shows us the heart of a preacher the cost of discipleship. He speaks of how important it is for us to share that faith from the depths of our heart. And so this is what we have today in the first reading. And, and, uh, and so he wants us to, St. Paul wants us to know that, that our faith, and this is what he's inviting Christian community to look right into the heart of the gospel. Don't get persuaded by all kinds of ideolo ideological things you know, which, which often sometimes, or even preachers or even others would wish to, wish to uh, lead you into. No, because you have been betrothed to Christ. I want you to remain there in that purity of who you are. So now the second aspect today is our Father, the prayer of our Father. And you see, here we are. This is part of the, of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus speaks, he's the new teacher, new Moses, not eliminating anything which Moses gave, but fulfilling it. Not an iota of the law given by Moses, by God to Moses will be removed, but it will be deepened. And only Son of God can help us to deepen our understanding of the commandments, can deepen our understanding of what prayer is, can deepen our understanding of how we are to be related to God, because he is the one who knows. He's the one who knows. He's the one who knows because God the Father has sent us his son, the divine son, 
and he's the one who is able to lead us to that depth of relationship that God has prepared for us. He's promising that he wants us to have. And so what is the prayer of our Father? First of all, the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. They watch him. They watch him as he enters into communion of prayer with the Father. They watch him. They see there's something special. It says, you teach us how to pray because we see you. And so the Lord's Prayer, as the, as the Lord says, if you, when you pray, say, when you pray, say, share this, these things. Okay, so now what is this, our Father? What is this prayer? First of all, when we hear the words of Jesus, our Father, and you know, we have, we desire to keep the, the words of our Father in the, in the old English, because we don't say anymore who art instead of you who are, you know, and, and thy would be yours. Because the reason is the old English, by the way, the old English is actually closer to, to what the Lord wanted us to say, because he, he does not want it to say, you know, how English language has developed where you, we have the form of ye, you know, the plural for you and, and thou. So this kind of, kind of we combine the, you know, singular you with the plural you. Many of the languages don't only want to say to God you, but they want to say to, to God as the plural you, which means sort of kind of distance. But, 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 the, but the, 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 the traditional way of saying our Father, if we grasp the meaning, it's not that somehow it's a language of, you know, of respect. No, it's a language of closeness. It's a language of you, like personal you. Thou means you, not, not, not the distance you of the ye or the, or the distance of Lord. It says to you, like a person says, like a child says to a mother, to a father, or, or people who love each other speak to, to, to each other. So, so this is the language. I, I, I don't want to go into the whole history of the development of the English language, but, but it is true. It, it comes from the, from the Germanic, you know, the do. You know, Germans don't ever say do to any another person. You know, they always say sie, you know, in the third person plural. Uh, they don't want to say that because it feels like you're so close to that person that you're not supposed to say it because you don't have the respect for that person. And so just the Our Father is really a, lay, a, pray, a prayer that Jesus wants us to talk to God, the Abba, God, the Abba, God, the Father. And, and you know, I had the experience once being at the in Niagara Falls, and I have said this perhaps in one of my former, you know, uh, reflections, is that I saw this Jewish family in, uh, in Niagara Falls, and all of us were, you know, like adults, we could see the Niagara Falls from beyond, but the child was a very small boy, maybe five years old, four or five years old. He couldn't see it. People were saying, wow, look at this, look at that. They were trying to buy tickets to get onto the, you know, into the, that boat and, and, and just to see Niagara Falls better. And so, and there's this boy tugging his father. He says, I don't know Hebrew, but he was speaking in Hebrew. And he was tugging him, tugging him, and he said, Abba, Abba. And, you know, asking him to lift him up so he could see. And he was just tugging and tugging. And I, it's sort of like an example today of this prayer, Abba. You know, wanting to, 
to, to see. And so he's tugging his father. He says, yeah, help me up, get me up there so I can see just like everybody else is looking and, and admiring whatever that is, the beautiful Niagara Falls. So now we are closer to the prayer of our father. What is this prayer, our father? It is a summary of the gospel itself. It's a relationship between us and God. I know you know this. I know the, but it's, it's good for us to enter more deeply into this reflection, even if I'm not able to articulate it, but at least to, to, to indicate something which is so special. We talk to God, not as someone distant, not as someone who's out there that we need to adore, which it is true, that we need to recognize and appreciate and value. It is true, but it's also the God of intimate presence. He is our father, the Abba of that child. And so we are that. Yeah, we have this filial relationship with him as a son and daughter to someone who's very close to us, who understands everything about us, who knows our needs, who knows everything that we ever would wish and desire. And so when we pray, dear our father, what do we say? First of all, we turn as sons and daughters, it's, we are filled with hope. People who have no hope, they don't want to pray. No, we are filled with hope. We know that he hears us. We know that he can do something about. We know that he can accomplish and, and fulfill the desires which we have. But the Lord, to our, our Father, orders our prayer. What, do we, what should we ask first? Because this is what the disciple says, you teach us how to pray. So the Lord said, don't babble, you know, you know, we can, you know, that's number one, which means that speak from the heart. And so when we say our father, first of all, we recognize that God is our father. He's the only one. There's no other. He's our father. We're in a group. We're not just individuals. It's not my father. He's going to do this for you. No, he's our father. So the Lord is asking us to remember that we are a community, that we're created by him, that we're part and part of, 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 of special relationship that we have because he gives us this. So he's our father. Now, you are in heaven. You who are in heaven. You who are in heaven. You are in a place of glory. That means that there's, there's a reality, divine reality, which goes beyond us. And yet you are our father and you are, you are in heaven. You are in heaven. And then the expression, hallowed be thy name. May your name be made holy. May your name be made holy by everything I do, everything I say. That's the, that's the first thing we ask from God is that your name be recognized as the holy one the one who is merciful and Lord and God, that we don't diminish your name by our, my actions, by my words, that I don't diminish the reality of who you are. You are our Father, and yet you are the one whose name should be made holy. Hallowed be thy name. May your, made, may your name be made holy. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. May your kingdom. Christ came here to bring forth the kingdom of God to this earth. He came here to bring the forth the kingdom, kingdom of justice, kingdom of love, kingdom of mercy, kingdom of, of true respect and care for one another. This is the divinity, divine divinizing power that he gives to us. That is his kingdom. So we ask not only that his name be made holy, but that we may receive that fullness of the kingdom here already. And that fullness will only be 
they are given to us at the end of time. So may your name be made holy, but also may your kingdom come. And then the third request is that God's will may be done here. And what is God's will? Our salvation. So we're asking, Lord, help us to be saved. Lord, help us to be made holy. Lord, save us to be, to, to, to be fulfill, fulfilled by that promise that you give us. And as the fulfillment is, he wants to divinize us, transform us. So that's why, that's why the Our Father, the first portions of the prayer, I know we pray so quickly and we just kind of even don't even know what we're saying many times. Well, at least we're saying it, but we just don't, don't know what we're saying. But should we know, should we realize, should those words, would we utter even, we say it quickly, should they, our awareness be there with, with that prayer? Because that awareness is essential. We know that what we do. And then afterwards, we pray for the things that we need here on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this daily sustenance that we may live, that we may live, that we may be able to function, that we may be able to exist. And not only that, some add, because the word says is daily or consubstantial bread. Give us this gift, give of yourself as well, the Eucharist, the spiritual gifts that we need. For the, for the daily sustenance. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And this is one of the elements that the Lord underscored. Forgive us as we forgive. Forgive us as we forgive. And then at the end of that prayer, the Lord repeats the same thing. The Lord repeats this prayer. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. I tell you, this is a tough invitation. Very, very difficult. Because we have hard time letting go. We were wounded badly and our pain is so great sometimes we are just not able to, to let go. And the Lord is asking us to let go. But how can we let go when we are not able to? Well, we have to say, Lord, I can't do it. You have to help me. You have to help me because I can't do it. See, emotionally, I'm so bound. I'm so tied down to that hurt, pain, whatever it may be, or the injustice that was done to me that I'm not able to let go. But you can. You can. You're able to do so, even if I don't wish a desire because I'm not able to. But I have to say to the Lord, Lord, help me to desire because I'm not able to do so to do so. So therefore, it is still, the prayer is still valid because we forgive even if we can't do it, but we can say, Lord, you help me. And, and somehow in that desire to overcome is already that gift is given to us. And so the, very, very important, you know, we know that, you know, on the psychological level, how many studies are done, we know that, that, that we can't heal unless we let go. Can't because it poisons us. That poison is actually so terrible because it's destroying us. So that the Lord is actually is asking us to be freed. Let go so you can be free. Let go so you can be healthy. Let go so you can, you can participate you know, even more powerful way. But even if we struggle, the Lord already promises to grant us this grace. And finally, what we ask for from the Lord is, and lead us not into temptation. Sometimes the expression is kind of so harder to understand. That's why Holy Father was saying maybe we should reformulate slightly because what it means is do not allow us to be tempted to the point where we're not able to, to, um, to withstand. So this was the, that, that whole expression. Uh, 
and, and then at the end what we say, and deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil, from the evil one, from people who participate in, in this sort of, uh, you know, willingly or however in evil itself participate. So deliver us, you know, the, the whole prayers of deliverance. But our Father is a prayer of deliverance. Sometimes we seek all kinds of prayers, but the most important prayer for deliverance is our Father. But prayed consciously, prayed word by word. How many times I, I would tell people to, for their penance, I would say, pray the Our Father. And the person says, that's it? Yeah, that's it. But I want you to pray very slowly, very slowly, word by word. I want you to reflect what you're praying. And so that, that's it is not just that's it. Remember, St. Teresa of Avila, when she was going through all kinds of trials and problems and so on, and her spiritual director gave her, the way I understand, gave her to pray three times our Father. That's all. She said, that's it? Yes, that's it. And then at the end, after she prayed Our Father only three times, later on she wrote a book on Our Father. Because it's not possible for us just to go through the words of prayer and, and then, then say that this prayer is not, of, not as important or it's not as powerful. You know, you look at the catechism. I love to have you, all of you. I don't know if you have catechism in your, in your possession, but please get one. And look at the four, part, part four of Catechism, which speaks of prayer. And there's almost 60 articles on just the Our Father. And it takes apart the Our Father. So if you want to know a lot more, go there. I only touched a little, you know, couple words here on the Our Father or, or St. Teresa of Avila's work on Our Father. And these are some things that, that, that actually are a gift to us. So may the Lord then today which gives us special type of gifts each time we gather for the Eucharist. He shares his word with us and his word is alive. God's word is alive. That's why our Father prayer is alive. It is the Holy Spirit that guiding us in prayer as the Holy Spirit that gives us the capacity to say our Father, Abba, our Father. We cannot call without the power and the, and the effect of the Holy Spirit. So he's asked the Holy Spirit to guide us in our prayer that the word alive, which is uttered here every time we read the scriptures, that it may have an effect on us. And then ultimately, you know, every time we celebrate the Eucharist, the Lord wants to come to us. We may love him, that he may, we love the Son of God, who in his very person brings us the sanctifying power, grace, love, transforming power to be God's children. And whatever he promises, he delivers, because he's the Son of God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you. And God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, 
I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.